You're listening to The Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former Prep Course Ops Superintendent and current Special Reconnaissance Training Guru, Trent Segmiller. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Ones Ready Podcast. I want to welcome you all here, boys, girls, brothers, sisters, future teammates, and the casual observers. I know you're out there, and I still appreciate you. Uh, so go ahead, while you're at it, hit subscribe, hit like, leave us some comments. Uh, Jared's not here today, so you'll have to wait for another time to uh, jump in on some short jokes. Uh, the company in focus today is out of regs pomade. That's out of regs with an S, not a Z, because they're awesome and they're not uh, something else. So... What I use is out of regs beach bum, and it is fantastic. It is the only PJ, uh, well, I don't know, hair PJ care product that's you, approved. PJ, yeah, PJ approved, I, yeah, yeah, I'll put the stamp of approval on that one. Speaking, <laughs> speaking for every PJ, past, present, and future, out of regs pomade <laughs> is the pomade of choice. <laughs> right. So it's perfect. So uh, go ahead, jump on the website, order you some pomade, order you some beach bum. It's awesome. It's like coming back from the beach, put it in your hair. You'll look like a... Uh, well, you look like better than me, but with the same level of hair. So you're welcome. Just today's you. episode, <laughs> right? Not to be like too extravagant today. Uh, today we have one of my good friends. His name is Rick Bullard, or you can just call him Bull. He worked for the 330th Recruiting Squadron. They're the ones that bring in all the AFSPEC war guys into the military. So without further ado, uh, Rick, you mind go, uh, introducing yourself and uh, telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. Hello. And I really uh, have to step my hair game up because now that I'm retired, I believe the receding hairline is just starting to kick in. So, Did you have to turn the uh, hair back in? Is that what happened? Like when yeah, you retired, well, they were like, so, all right, when uh, you were here, you had hair. Yeah. I thought that was an army thing. Throwing that one's ready promo code, bro. Hey, one's ready at checkout, <laughs> homie. Get, get some of this pipe hitter on your locks. You'll look great. All right. I'll, I'll definitely get on that. So uh, a little bit about my background. Uh, yeah, 20 years, Air Force. Uh, started my days out at uh, Pope Air Force Base for about the first six years. So uh, there I was in a maintenance squadron. Uh, really awesome that I got Pope Air Force Base because obviously there's a lot of things to do there. You've got the, we cater to the 82nd Airborne and we cater to, I believe, what is that, the 2-1 there. And I uh, got to meet a lot of really cool people. We got to do a lot of really cool missions. I won't bore everybody to death uh, with those, but um, fast forward to the last three years that I was in, I got the interesting opportunity to become a part of uh, the 330th Recruiting Squadron. I had already been in recruiting for several years and got the phone call that, hey, we're going to stand up a recruiting squadron just for six career fields. And we think you're the right guy for the job. I don't know why they thought that, but <laughs> hey, yeah, that's, that's the way things go sometimes. Um, we all went into it with the mindset that, um, we were going to do it the way that we had learned from the past that we were going to make some adjustments and actually try to send quality folks to these career fields that desperately needed people for the uh, incredible things that you do. Um, and so pretty humble to get to be a part of that. Um, and, you know, as I think Trent has said, that was kind of like a multifunction tool for that squadron or a Swiss army knife, however you say it, but, Every uh, squadron has one of those. <laughs> Every squadron has that belly button where you just know if you walk into their office, no matter what the what the request is, that person's going to figure it out for you. You know, I I've had the luxury of having several like logistics 
female senior NCOs that I could just go to that knew every single process in every single world. So that's definitely how you were, how you were described. And I think that's exactly who that, you know, that's who you were. That's what role you played for, especially the start of the three thirtieth. Well, I'll take any compliments I can get. So, you know, keep them coming. Uh, uh, no, I, you know, that's where I met Trent. Um, so they, we come up with the idea to integrate all of the special operations recruiters or special warfare recruiters now, um, integrate them into these career fields so they had a better understanding of what they were talking about if they didn't have a background that dealt with any of that career field. If they were a cop or they were a mechanic, uh, we felt like we could give them a little taste. And the best way to do that was to take them to prep and other schoolhouses, the PJ schoolhouse, combat control schoolhouse, and just immerse their butt right into training. And, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of where I, I don't know if I made a name for myself or whatever, but I felt right at home. Uh, I've always kind of been in the fitness a little bit, but, so, um, I, I really enjoyed that. And then I ended up at prep as the special warfare training queen liaison. That's a mouthful to say, believe me. Um, but you know, from there, you know, the rest is history. So, yeah, and, and by immerse, you mean we we brought in other recruiters and, and gave them a little taste of what it's like to be a uh, a special warfare candidate, and it was a uh, nothing but a good time. Just smash! Yeah. Welcome to Just the welcome yeah. to the show, boys. Smash! <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I got to say it's a step up from what we used to do because we used to just have the uh, recruiters pile in because the recruiting school was across the base. So we'd have guys pile into the classroom there and we'd show them slides like this is what uh, PJs do. This is kind of what our pipeline looks like. And then they'd sit there for an hour or two and then say, all right, let's uh, take you out of the pool. You can watch some guys, uh, you know, gasping for air for a little bit. And then you go on your merry way and you never really think about it again until that one candidate comes up and they're like, Hey, I'm interested in pararescue. And you're like, uh, let me just Google stuff on the internet again. So getting them to experience, you know, what the students are actually going to go through helps prep them for, like you said, the past test and just all the, the future, um, you know, things that these people are going to go to. So talking about that kind of thing, um, what do you see as the, the biggest change that you implemented or, changes from the recruiter side and then how do you get a guy or how did you change the the status quo for getting a guy from off the street to into sw yeah great question um you know when we went into this obviously there was already process in, in place uh guy or girl comes in hey i want to be a part of this career field okay cool man we got you covered you would go you know take your ASVAB, take your meps and then we would put you through a pass test and that was what was believed to be, oh, man, this guy can slay the past us, so obviously he's going to be the next PJ. That's as it. As hard as it gets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? Well, um, you know what's funny about that? I, I wasn't within 100 miles. That was the rule back when I cross-trained, was you had to be within 100 miles of a unit. And if you were, then you had to have your test administered by a PJ or a combat rescue officer or, or not. Yeah, at that time, Crows. Like, basically, now one of the, what we call the aspect warfare career fields, right? But I wasn't. So like I got my test administered, my past test by my E5 supervisor that was also a phys tech, you know, I was a great, he's a great dude and he knew what it was, you know, he, he knew what the career field was about, but that's how I got in. They were just like, yeah, here's your past test. Just show up in and doc. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. 
Air Force style push-ups are different than in-dock style push-ups. Yeah, well, I, it was a little different because I knew what I was getting into. And so he knew too, so he held me to a really high standard. And he knew we weren't playing around, so it was it was good. You know, what's up, easy? Thanks for you didn't actually me. get a hundred. I'm just saying. No, I didn't. I didn't. I got I got 52 push-ups to start, Brian. Don't be mean. And he took away 40. Shut up. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of the mindset we went into as well. And luckily for me, uh, when I first got into recruiting service, we had the Sorrel program. And uh, I think his name is uh, Greg or Gary Waldheim. Sorry if I'm butchering that, buddy, if you're listening, but old combat controller. And he would go out, he would administer pass tests, and guys would pass, and he would be like, nope, it's not going to work. And this obviously just blew our minds. Like, well, what do you mean, brother? Like, you know, he's qualified to do this <laughs> job. Uh, so it was just a part of the test that he would put him through. Like, he felt like if he took something away from him, you know, that – they like see how they react a little bit and then he would put them through a real workout and then another workout and then there was no slap on the back there was no nothing you know whereas recruiting service at the time was like man you passed the pass test we're we're gonna buy you a car (laughs) basically (laughs) nice i can't believe you did this here you're in (laughs) absolutely so so thinking about your experience with, you know, seeing people all the way from the very beginning, like civilian off the street, all the way through their, you know, development sessions, which again, like, man, we'd love to talk to one of those developers. So if you know anybody, put in a good word for the ones ready team, we'd love to have them on. It'd be great. It'd be super duper awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'll we'll figure it out. Do. Yeah. My man put a bug in somebody's ear for us, you know? Um, but what are some of the things that you've seen that people can prepare for? They ask us all the time, what should I start looking ahead to? So what are some of the things that you've seen in the development sessions and all the way through prep that people, no kidding now can start preparing for to be successful? Yeah. uh, You know, obviously I got to travel around. I got to go to most of the developers development sessions and everybody has a little bit of a different style. Uh, obviously they come from all different career fields and these guys are extremely good at what they do and they have huge hearts. So they're, they're trying their best to take a Joe Schmo sitting on the couch that hasn't ever exercised a day in his life to the right mindset, the right nutrition, the right workouts and moving forward. Um, you know, some of the trends that I saw, especially once I got to the prep level was people do unfortunately still slide through the cracks. You know, they can rock it out on a pass test, but then they get in the pool for the first time. And it's different, know. homie. There's, yeah, there's levels, different. like there's levels to this game. And, and again, just like Trent was saying earlier, you know, Brian mentioned on a previous podcast, you know, you think you're great. You're like, oh, I'm knocking out 70 pushups. I'm smashing this thing. This is awesome. Well, that harsh reality of the first time that somebody looks at you and goes, nope, 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 you know, six or seven times in a row, you know, that's, that's tough. And the pool, there's, there's levels to the pool. There's being comfortable by yourself and then there's performing in the moment and it's, it's different. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, that would be my biggest advice to somebody brand new on the street would be like, look, you're essentially about to learn another language. And it's one of the hardest languages in the world to learn. And you're not going to start out by having a conversation about astrophysics in this language. You're going to start out with hello, goodbye, and work your way up. So That's a fantastic way to look at it. That's a, I've never heard it described by that, like, or, you know, in those terms or like that. That's awesome. Where's the bathroom? How do I get a waiver? You know, the basics. Yeah. <laughs> Seeking medical sergeant. Seeking medical sergeant. <laughs> I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Classic, classic. <laughs> All right, man. So my next question is, uh, when people start working with the developers, when people come off the street and, uh, 
they get the workouts and all this other kind of stuff, they might have a misconception about how much work they need to do on their own versus uh, just coming to the development sessions. Do you have any like numbers you can throw at us about how much work they should be doing versus uh, just coming to the development sessions in order for them to be successful? No, that's a, that's a fantastic uh, way of you know thinking about it. And I, what I have to relate it to is the civilian population that I work with. And a lot of the similar type of question comes up quite often is like, I'm running a marathon next you know year, or I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year or, you know, whatever the goal in place is. And they're like, what, what should be my focus on nutrition? What should be my focus on the workouts or the mindset? Um, and my answer is always this is, uh, you know, focus a hundred percent on each one <laughs> as cliche or silly as that may sound, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I feel like you give a hundred percent attention to your nutrition, a hundred percent of attention to your workouts. And in this case, you know, give a hundred percent of attention to whatever your developers telling you to do and give a hundred percent attention to what you're doing around the clock when you're not with that developer, because you're going to maybe have two development sessions a month. That's not going to be enough to get you ready for what's to come. So every time I hear that question, I just want to, I I'm a little bit more aggressive when people ask questions. I'm always the guy on the Instagram that's I'm like, did you Google this? This question is already answered. Like we already talked about this and, and you know, this podcast or whatever. So I'm always that guy, but it always cracks me up when people are like, well, should I pay 80% attention to this? And whatever, like, this is your life. This is your career. You want to go do this and you want to live the motto. If you're, you know, if you're a PJ, you, you want to say, you know, that others may live or, or eyes forward or whatever it is that you want to, you know, whatever your why is, why would you only devote 80% attention to parts of it? Don't you want to give everything hundred percent? Like that's kind of like a mindset switch that I, is a little bit hard to, to figure out for people that, you know, haven't figured it out yet. Not yeah. Sure. And I think for those guys that are thinking about it and they're trying to do the equations in their heads, it's not talking about you having 500% or a thousand percent. It's talking about every single task. You write it down. And these are one of the keys that I tell to some of the guys that are trying to prep out there. Like you write down in your journal Sunday night, this is what I'm going to do. And that is a hundred percent of your attention is devoted to planning out your week. And then you wake up that next morning, a hundred percent of your attention is going to get your stuff ready, get your gym clothes on. And then a hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent of that attention, you, you, you know, packed your meals ahead of time and you got that first meal of the day or that second that post-workout meal of the day. When you're doing something, the people that are the most effective in life are not the people that are doing 20,000 things at a time. Cause I had a long, long period of time where I was juggling, you know, business, kids, school, job, all that other stuff. And it wasn't that I was doing 10% of each thing, you know, marginally well it was that when i was doing something it was 100 percent of my effort was involved in 100 percent of my focus in that thing and making sure that i did the best that i can with the time that i had and that's, so and that's that the moment, same thing for you guys yeah sorry and that moment will come in the pipeline where it will require a hundred percent of your focus attention and effort to get past that event so if you start oh, yeah. working that thing now and and develop those skills because it's a skill just like everything else That'll allow you to reach down, focus, and then get past it and be successful. Yeah, I thought those things are huge right there. So, yeah, great comment. Um, so, going back to the beginning, I know we used to, when I was in Indoc, we always had, a, you know, our kind of our horse, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, you know, it was a guy that we were like secretly, we were watching them throughout the development course because we used to have a development for, course before prep was around. It was two weeks long prior to you actually going into in doc. So, uh, 
we were just trying to figure out, you know, what's driving a guy and try and pay attention to their facial expressions as we got things a little bit more difficult. And we would just be like, hmm, is this guy going to make it? Inevitably, we we're pretty much always wrong, except one guy every once in a while would just get lucky and pick it. But uh, what are some of the things that you guys are setting up? Because obviously you're kind of uh, the initial people that they're going to end up meeting um, when you set up the 330th. What did you guys set up for, you know, the attitudes, the behavior to look for? Like if you were to tell a recruiter, like this guy, I think is probably going to make it or this guy's not going to make it. And what do you, what are some of the things that you guys look for? Sure. I think it goes back to what I was saying about the immersion part of it is getting the source, the recruiters out there and letting them meet people from all different walks of life that are in these career fields and picking their brains about attributes and where they grew up and you know how things were for them when they joined you know a lot of times we kind of uh elaborate you know uh, i grew up this rough and i had to walk uphill both ways and uh you know that kind of stuff but uh but no you know one of the you know i think everybody's kind of got their own style when they're trying to determine whether a person will make a good fit for these career fields and you know mine goes back to when i worked with the sorrel in pennsylvania where I would just take something away from them. I would just ask, you know, I would watch them do a set of pull-ups and man, those are great pull-ups. This isn't going to work out for you. And I would walk away and just watch how they react. And the people that we typically want for these career fields are the ones that are tapping me on my shoulder. Like, Hey, wait a minute, guy, I am good enough for this stuff. I really am going to pull this off, you know? Yeah. It's like when the guy was getting beat with the broom on the porch, get out of here. You're too Blonde. You can't talk about that club. That's that is the first rule. Absolutely. So after the development process and after you get them through that that first one, right? Like they get in the door, the pull-ups are there, but so is the character, you know, so is you know those those attributes that we're looking for, whether it be problem solving or interpersonal communication, all those things, like they're hitting all the flags. We're like, yep, this is this is it. They go, they get all the way through um, the initial process. What are some things that they can look at? Like what kind of tools is prep going to give them, you know, not only for basic training, but then like, you know, aspect warfare prep. And then more importantly, you know, what do you see that are mistakes? We've already touched on some of them, but what kind of mistakes are they making in the dev program? Whether it's not devoting enough time, you know, enough time to mental preparation or, you know, not making all the development sections or sessions. What are some of those mistakes that you see in the development program? Well, I'll touch on the first part of that. Uh, I'll touch on the first part of that is, you know, what are they going to be given when they get to prep, essentially? And that's a pretty awesome place to go, especially if you're the kind of people like I assume the four of us are. You're going to go every single day. You're going to work out eight hours. But, you know, you're going to see a gogi. You're going to <laughs> yeah. get you're just going to go learn to be. I mean, you're just going to go get. I mean, it's a monster factory. They're right. making monsters at that place. It's awesome. Exactly. You know, the strength and conditioning staff is, you know, has so much experience. And I, I think what two of those guys either worked for or played in the NFL, uh, you know, have a, a doctor of uh, sports psychology on staff. You've got uh, run coaches that nitpick every single little uh, biomechanic of every part of your run to make you more efficient. And then you get over to the swim and, you know, they're just all experts and they're making you more efficient through the water and they're teaching you breath holds and, uh, you know, covering all the stuff. And this is the place to make mistakes. You know, we're not evaluating you there. I mean, we are, but 
it's not going to you know hold up against you in a court of law at the land of ANS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine a courtroom scenario and be like, objection, overruled. I would not want to be a lawyer there. No. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know, some of the mistakes uh, I think that can, can be avoided. And this is just from my, you know, exercise science background is you can make yourself more durable. You can actually train to have stronger bones and, you know, healthier joints. And, I think what happens a lot of times is, you know, we get into an exercise routine or we're, you know, running or whatever the case is, and we don't focus enough on recovery or, you know, the off time that we have, we're just sitting on the couch or we're in front of a computer driving a car or we're not putting stress that is needed to build stronger bones and make our joints more durable. So I would think, you know, like outside of like your development sessions, go for a walk, uh, get a job, work in construction, you know, go to Walmart and, uh, get the job where the guys like, you know, throwing the, uh, dog food bags all day long, you know, it's just going to build up those, those tolerances and make you more durable to injury. And there's a lot of different techniques and, uh, programs out there, but that would just be my recommendation is kind of get up off your butt and stay moving as much as possible. And I say this, and I got long-winded on this one. Um, we put watches, uh, little Garmin watches, on these applicants day one of basic training, not prep, not ANS. Day one of basic training, and the distance covered day one at basic training was ten miles. What? So, Get out of here for real? Yeah, huh. that's tears. crazy. Boy, that's a. Did you, did that, you block all that out of your brain, like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember walking it all the Man, entire I can't. time. <laughs> That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, we, were, okay. we were pleasantly surprised too. And, you know, we, we just kept having these little nagging lower body, lower extremity injuries. And we couldn't explain them. The shin splints and the blisters on the feet. And we're like, well, these kids aren't walking enough. And sure enough, day one off the bus, 10 miles. I didn't, I didn't realize that either when I was there. So. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like, and maybe going back, like maybe get a boss that yells at you too. That could be good prep. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Somebody that holds you accountable. Like every single time you do something wrong, you pay a penalty for it. Get used to it. If they scream at you and spit hits your face, it's good training. I'm just throwing it out there. So so you're still getting married. Not to go down a rabbit hole of like, you know, but you know where I stand on this issue, Rick. Uh, so, but I mean, that's interesting because like the, between the recruiters and prep and the developers, there's like that feedback loop, right? So, um, what do the, are the developers trying to put all that together? Like what is, what is really their job and how much feedback do you guys get from them? And, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like, what are they looking for or what do they do for the candidates? And like, what's the interaction between the developers, which I think are, are misunderstood for the general public or they just don't understand it. Um, or maybe I'm just stupid. And then the recruiting squadron, because it's kind of unique. Yeah, and at first it was um, very much just that they were coming in as developers to do the pass test. And this is prior to the 330 being set up, really. And they had to be, the developers that is, had to be the ones that really just signed off on that part of the process. Um, when the 330 is set up until present, it is that they work with each individual and mentor them and you know guide them and then they are part of the what we call the go or no go process so 
when anybody shows up to basic training or prep or anything outside of reserve and guard, they have had to have gotten a go from their developer, meaning that developer is saying, I'm fairly confident that this is a good applicant. I'm fairly confident that this person's going to make it. Um, that's in collaboration with the special operations recruiter. And, you know, as we know, it's, it's not a perfect process, but it is a working process. So it does require a lot of feedback. And, you know, some of these guys is, you know, chiefs in pararescue. Uh, I sent Johnny down there and I thought Johnny was going to do really well. And Johnny washed out, you know, Hmm. and i just I, they can't wrap their head around it and it happens i mean the, it, the course is what the course is it's not 91 percent or you know whatever high attrition rate we have now um you know it's it's that way for a reason always has been so absolutely and you know when you were dealing with you know what i would tell the developers a lot of times is like when you were dealing with that person they were going home getting in their tommy hill figure blanket cuddling up with their puppy you know everything <laughs> does tommy just, hilfiger make blankets uh, is that a thing? i don't even know that's the thing i mean it sounds classy classy we, af you know what i'm saying we, we used to pick on the rich kids when i was back in high school and we always just assumed that everybody had like tommy hilfiger planet so uh <laughs> just start making blankets yeah yeah just all th everything everything with trent's face on it or something <laughs> I, I am aware that the Uggs company is now making like blankets and pillows and stuff like that. So the little <laughs> ugly uh, boots that all the ladies wear around, like you can get an Ugg trash can now. So I'm not allowed to have an opinion Jeez. on this. Yeah, I would have. I would have put one <laughs> in between me and you in my office. Uh, I am contractually obligated to STFU about this specific topic. I'm going to be quiet on it. <laughs> All right, hopefully I didn't get you guys in any trouble, but yeah, rabbit hole there. But, you know, that's that's the, the premise of it. And the developers do uh, reach out quite a bit. And we sent them every single product uh, that ever came out at prep that just gave trend analysis, whether it was from the OFT uh, results or the past test results, or um, it was me just standing beside them in training, asking them, hey, man, I understood that you were a stud back in Minnesota what's going on? You know, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> and, you know, I would relay that back to that developer. You know, I didn't necessarily have to work a chain of command to do it. I just picked up the phone and said, Hey, Dan, one of your guys down here, I'm looking in, you know, your system and it seems like this guy was just crushing it, you know, when he was working with you on the beach, but now he's over here at lackey land and he is not doing so well. So just something to keep an eye on. You know, something to brief the next person up that, hey, you can be the biggest stud in the world, but when I uh, have to make you, you know, pull CQ duty in the middle of the night and you don't get that eight hours of, you know, perfect rest, could throw you off a little bit. So, Well, and we, we've talked about that before. I think the, the, the stress that they're not anticipating just joining the military and moving away from home and all the new stuff and, you know, showering with a whole bunch of people in, in an open bay and all that other kind of stuff that, you know, the, the, the stress will affect you and decrease your performance no matter what kind of stress it is. So like, while BMT is not necessarily physically difficult, uh, like you said, if you come from Minnesota and you come to San Antonio, um, it's a lot of changes for your brain to process all at the same time. So y'all need to be ready for that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, just 20 minutes ago, my phone overheated and I was just chilling in my garage. So uh, no one's going to be able to tell climate down here at all. It's not like your whole background change or anything. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same. You guys that are listening don't know. Check the YouTube channel. Yeah, check out the YouTube. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, like what you're talking about is a, a huge deal also because those guys that start out, they start out with a lot of enthusiasm because they're all pumped up. They just finished listening to one of the podcasts and they're like, you know, I'm going to go crush this. And that last, that's the motivation that everyone talks about. Like, you know, motivation is the only thing that's going to make you through it. Yeah. It'll get you through sometimes. Um, but you know, at the end state, you have to have that purpose for what's going to drive you through those more difficult times. I kind of liken it to, um, what it's like to just start up on a mountain. You know, you start, you say, I'm going to start up on this 10, 10 mile hike or whatever and you are super enthusiastic and then by mile five you're, you have blisters all over your feet you're super tired and like the sun's beating down on you you're like wow this is really way harder and then your friend's like yeah we could just you know go back down now hit it up again later and then you know you got to have that purpose you could be like nope you got to be that person that's i told my family and i told everyone that i'm going to finish this and we're going to climb to the top we're going to get a freaking picture at the top and finish this thing out so don't be that guy that's like, you know, we could just turn around or whatever. It's the same kind of deal, you know. You start out with that enthusiasm halfway through and all the reality hits, all the foot pain and all the other, you run out of food, water, whatever it is. You didn't plan correctly and you just end up in Hurtville and you're like, yeah, I could probably just turn back. Maybe I'll go back again another day. Or you plan correctly, pack correctly, and you're with a lot of good friends that are going to push you and you make it to the top. So it's pretty much, you know, the same type of deal. And it's hard to tell those guys that are actually going to be able to do it. Like you were saying, I was, a, you know, an indoc instructor. My job was to actually put these guys to do it and I'd see them at their worst times, but I still had trouble figuring out like this guy is definitely going to make it. Cause we had candidates that were like 120 solid indoc pushups, like no joke. We were like physical spasms, no, man. You're like, oh, this guy's good. We're like, no way you counted wrong. Like we'll just go up to each other. Like you counted wrong. The sheet's wrong. I'm going to eval them next week. Like Santa Claus over here, giving people yeah, 120 exactly. pushups. Freaking Santa Claus. And then I'd eval them and like, damn. All right. This is Brian. This, this is Brian it. with cones. Shh. <laughs> it's okay, guys. Shh. It's okay. It's okay. No, I was the one that re-evaled them. It depends on how much I liked them. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, it just, and then that guy, that same guy would quit a week later. So obviously, you know, something hit him purpose, something he didn't plan for hit him. And he was just like, I can't do this. And he, he leaves and he was a stud. So it's difficult to nail down those guys. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about a support group too. And you, you mentioned that and um, you're just more likely to succeed with, you know, the same mindset people around you. And I've heard uh, Sig Miller talk about this with, you know, guys that were struggling. It's like, next time you're struggling at the pool lock eyes with the dude next to you and you know just give him a little wink or you know a thumbs up or something just just realize that you're not the only one that's sucking right now it's sucking for everybody and enough time, enough times not you know that's enough to push a person just that one extra second or one extra minute that it took to not sie that day so yeah definitely yep, totally I I'd say starting with a team is huge. Is there anything in particular if uh, a guy was like, I just watched, you know, whatever video on social media and I want to do that for a job. What would you say is the, the next best step for them to take in order to start on that job um, and begin their SW journey, so to speak? Sure. And man, I say this all the time, you know, you know the guys are in training and 
they've got a big log on their shoulder or, you know, it's hot and cold or wet or whatever the case is. I'm like, bet you didn't see this on YouTube, did you? <laughs> you know, um, there's just so much stuff out there, but, uh, yeah. So if you're out there right now, you're listening and you know, the easiest way to do this is to go to airforce.com. Uh, they have a, a special warfare tab right there and it gives you a location for your nearest special operations or special warfare recruiter, whatever they're calling their stuff these days. Um, but other than that, you can also go to any Air Force recruiting office and they will put you through the normal qualifications it takes to join the Air Force. And you ask to be referred to the special operations recruiter. And that's where you will meet your developer and you will get rocking with the stuff. So that's the easiest way to explain it, if that makes sense. I don't know if we've yeah. ever said that, that the first step is to go see a recruiter. Holy cow. Ever, I don't, yeah. How many times have we copied and pasted ever. the Air Force link in emails? Oh, it's got to be six to seven million times. And just because I get this question also, do they have to contact specifically an SW recruiter in order to get into SW? So they, they don't. Uh, they Just like I just said, they can go to a normal Air Force recruiter and get referred over. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's, I think, a hundred uh, special operations recruiters in the whole world. And a lot of times you're just not near. If you grew up in a rural area, we probably don't have that recruiter near you. But the next big town over is going to have an Air Force recruiter. And they can work it and do just like we're doing right here, a Zoom call. Uh, just try to get to know you a little bit and then schedule you to come out to the next pass test or next development session or whatever the case is. And that, that gets pretty tough. Um, you know, and that's some of the challenges that developers have out there is that some of these applicants live eight, nine hours away. You know, how can we ask this person two or three times a month to show up for a development session? And that's part of the things that we're working on is to get more developers out, more SOARs out there. But for now, no, you just, you know, contact the Air Force. And just like you guys are saying, it's, it's that redundant thing. I believe every time I had to do an interview, I had to mention airforce.com like a minimum of six times. So <laughs> six times. Yeah. Cause that's how many times it takes to infect into somebody's brain, like inception and have them remember it. Yeah. yeah. Also the marketing minimum, experience. The minimum amount of ads that are in a uh, video. So they skip through it and they have to listen to the thing again. Perfect. Uh, so along that same vein, for those guys, like you're saying, we're minimal manning for recruiting right now. Um, those guys that are interested in becoming an SW recruiter, what would you tell them how they uh, go about doing that? And, you know, if you are a Brayware and you would like to come over and do, uh, you know, special warfare recruiting, that's you know, a pretty much a direct link. Like you, you, can, you can go straight in. You know, one of good examples, right, Antonio, we had a PJ that, you know, crossed over and now he's, you know, the local San Antonio uh, special operations recruiter. Um, otherwise, you know, if that's a, uh, that's old grizzle bear. Is it not? <laughs> Grizzbiz. It's yeah. old, it's old Grizzbiz. It's grumpy grizzle bear, Jake Groves. So actually I was talking about Chris Tomes. So. Oh, oh, Christopher. Oh, Tomes. Oh, oh Tomes himself. Tomes. Yeah. Tomes. 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 Uh, so I'm sure, you know, he'll, he'll see this and, get a laugh out of that. But yeah, for him, you know, it was a no brainer. Uh, we weren't going to send this guy to do regular recruiting, which is an awesome gig. Uh, his better fit would have been to go to special warfare recruiting where he's at now. So. Dude, that, that dude almost talked me into becoming a PJ. 
like close, a, right? 17 years. Yeah. yeah. Like, now I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, I'm be I'm like telling you. you can what sell, uh, what is it? Ketchup popsicles to, uh, Inuits in the snow. Um, so we're going to get to our last question. We always ask our, our guests to come on and you're going to have a, a particular insight that we're excited to hear, but man, boil it down. Final answer. You got one piece of advice that you can give to everybody out there that's on the grind for ANS right now. We get 10, 12, 15 DMs a day of people just out there crushing it. And uh, we always repost your videos, by the way. So send them in. We love seeing you guys getting after it. And then it motivates us to to get out and, and get our own work out as well. But so you got one thing, Rick, that you can tell all those people, those guys, those gals that are on the grind right now, the one piece of advice for how they can be successful in ANS. What is it? Go. Other than everything we've talked about, I would say be too dumb to quit. And the reason that I say just absolutely be too dumb to quit is because a lot of things in ANS are untimed. They're unknown distance. They're, you know, supposed to see how you will react, not knowing how far you got to go. And if you quit on mile one and all you had to do was go 1.1 miles, that's pretty damn silly. So just be too dumb to quit, man. That's my answer. And that supports my ASVAB theory. If you go back a couple episodes that we're talking about. (laughs) There's a perfect, yeah, not too smart. You don't want to do too well on the ASVAB because you're like, why? You start in cleat, like, why am I here? This doesn't make sense. Overthinking everything. You're laying in bed at night and you're like, man, what is the solution to this problem that I'm having? And there is no solution. They were weighed down by that big old brain of theirs. It sunk sunk them to the bottom. Your instructor writes you paperwork and they get all their homonyms wrong and you're just like, I'm, th- I shouldn't be here. This is ridiculous. So um, Sergeant, that's the wrong there usage. Uh, uh, actually uh, that should be E-G and not I-E. Drop. That's cool. I can, I can spell drop yeah, all day. Drop. Just drop. Put your feet up on that table. Genius. So how smart are you now? College boy. College boy. Hey Rick, uh, if any, any save rounds for anybody, uh, before we, we kind of wrap this thing up, anything you want to say or any way to get a hold of you? Well, like I said, man, I'm retired, but, uh, if you guys need uh, to get a hold of you me, you quit the air force. I did. I did. I finally, yes. I <laughs> so, um, but no, like, uh, this is a true passion of mine. Uh, if I could get back into it in a civilian format, I would do it in a blink of an eye. Uh, I love the community. I love all you guys. Um, if anybody has any questions for me, uh, just I'm sure you can reach out through One's Ready. Um, I'm one phone call away, one text or Facebook message or whatever you want to do to get a hold of me. Uh, I'm glad to help. So Awesome. Awesome. Thank well, you. Yeah, man. Like, if you don't know out there, you know, Rick, he was there from the beginning. He spent a lot of time helping everybody out. Uh, you know, he was there for a lot of the uh, physical uh, sessions at prep and also heard a lot of the counseling. So he knows a lot about everything and is also on the road all the time uh, trying to get y'all in the door and give you the best information possible. So, uh, man, we, we appreciate you coming on. And, um, yeah, so things we talked about today, take the opportunity, uh, get out there, uh, go to recruiter. I don't know if, if we want to hit that again. Well, how many times is that this episode? Four, five, six? Also, go see also, a recruiter. Four Oh. Yeah. yeah, easy. We'll put yeah, another one in the comments. Airforce.com, everybody. Check out the link in our bio. I'll pin the comment on YouTube as well. Airforce.com. Yeah, the, the system isn't easy, <laughs> and there's going to be challenges just to get into the Air Force, but a lot of the onus is on you uh, to, to do what you need to do, uh, get to the people you need to get to, and uh, you know get your mindset where it needs to be. And uh, just like we say all the time, you, you get there, you get through the pipeline, you get on team. 
Um, one thing I'm 100% confident about is if you're a hard worker and you make it, it's 100% worth it. Uh, so go ahead and, uh, and and hit up that recruiter uh, if you if you want to get in. So uh, that's it for this episode. Make sure you like us, subscribe, leave comments. Um, uh, I want to thank the other companies real quick: Everly Stock, Strike Force Energy, Alf Brew Coffee, Adirex Pomade. Did I miss anybody? We're getting pretty big now. I think we're good. I think you hit <laughs> yeah. all of them. I mean, I don't, we're, we're pretty popular. We're, we're almost getting hoist. into two hands. Hoist, we forgot. Yeah, yeah. Hoist. 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 Thanks, Sorry, guys. <laughs> Love you. Save my life every day. And uh, <laughs> get out there, train hard, accomplish all your goals, be the person you want to be. Uh, there's ones ready signing off, and we'll catch you next time. Train hard, everybody. Later. Thanks, Rick. Thank you.